Welcome to To Every Generation, the broadcast ministry of Calvary Chapel Crossfields, located in Jamesburg, New Jersey, where we teach through the entire Bible, verse by verse, and make application to every generation so we can grow in our relationship with God. And tonight I'm going to go over the life of Paul, part 10. Part 10. We got two more books to go. The life of Paul. I want to begin with a recap of the last time I uh, spoke in part 9. We spoke about, we, uh, you know, I spoke about 1 Timothy. It was written around A.D. 63. It was a letter written to a young church leader, Timothy, with specific instructions on fighting the good fight. The first key verse I spoke about was in um, chapter 1, verse 3 and 4. Paul warns Timothy to watch out for any doctrine being taught which is contrary to the Word of God. Watching out for myths and fables. And then how it applies to, to today. Of all we see here, of all those false doctrines and um, you know, the, the counterfeits that are out here that they're trying to pass off as the true Word of God. And again, like I said the last time, that's why it's so important for us as Christians to know God's word is the best we can. If we don't, as it says, it could slowly suck us in to this world. And as I said last time, it's a slow fade. It happens very gradual. And then you wonder how you got here or there. Next key verse I went over in chapter 1, was, uh, verses 12 through 15. Paul gives the reason why Jesus came into the world. And it was to save sinners. All of us. Paul recognizes his own faults by seeing himself as the chief of all sinners. That really made me think when I read that. He recognized where he came from and who he really was and how the heart truly is by nature. That's why we need the Holy Spirit and God in us to change that. Next key verse in 1 Timothy was 18 and 19. And here, Paul instructs Timothy on fighting the good fight. How? By clinging to his, his faith. Clinging to it. And I gave some examples of how we cling to things every day. You know, um, the cliff. You know, some people climb cliffs for, for a, a sport. If it was me, I'd be holding on with dear life. And that's a matter of life and death. Um, 
holding on to your steering wheel every day when you drive your car. What do you think will happen if you let go? Life or death. That's one reason. Another reason is because we find something is precious to us. It's important to us. Like our children. We hold on to our ch- we hold it held on to our children when they were real little. When we're in a busy area, the mall, wherever it may be, because we did not want anything to happen to them. It was important to us. And how this how it applied to us spiritually. Clinging to our faith, how important that is. Clinging to it like it has value to us. It's important to us. Each and every day. Next key verse, chapter 2, verses 5 and 4. How there is a God who desires all to be saved, not one to be lost. And it talked about that there was only one God and only one mediator, Jesus Christ. Again, the world tries to pass on more, that there's more gods and more mediators. Not true. And then chapter 3 was the qualifications. I'm not going to... I didn't go over it completely then. Qualifications for overseers and deacons. The next one, chapter 4, verses 1 and 2. It talked about how some will depart from their faith. And we really need to fear that, that we are capable if we allow ourselves in certain situations and have that slow fate in our lives of getting sucked into the world. That's why we need to cling to our faith. And then how some consciences will be like they were seared with a hot iron. And I explained how what that meant was when you branded, uh, like for instance, branding a cow with your mark, that area now, the nerve endings are now dead and damaged. It can't feel anymore. Well, the same goes spiritually. Now we can't decipher between right and wrong. And that is very dangerous. Chapter 5 It spoke of the treatment of churches and how to treat widows and elders. Of course, elders very specially. And the last key verse, chapter 6, verses uh, 20 and 21, to guard our faith. Again, to guard it. Like something we would guard that we found precious and valuable to us. Guard it each and every day. To avoid the false babbling and the myths out there. Avoid it like the plague. 
Now let's begin with 2 Timothy. First key verse in 2 Timothy in chapter 1 is verse 8. It says, Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but share with me in the sufferings for the gospel according to the power of God. Now here, Paul tells Timothy to never be ashamed of his faith, of the gospel. Let me ask you, are there times, are are you ever, or have you ever, been embarrassed of your faith? Now before you say no, think hard. Sadly to say, I have. For example, when you're at a family dinner or a restaurant, do you pray before you meal? Even if you want to, do you just don't do it because you're afraid of what those people or somebody next to you may think? Doesn't take a whole lot. And you know what? There are times that Rose and I prayed in a restaurant and people would actually walk up to us and say, I really love to see that. And it really spoke to them to see us do that. You don't know what kind of example you're going to be to someone next to you. Or do you not do it because you're just afraid of someone finding out that you're a Christian? You know? Do you just come into church, and I know I mentioned this a few messages before, but this comes up again. Do you, are you the type of person that may just come to church and put on that church attitude? You know all the buzzwords. Bless you. Love your brother. Love your sister. But then when you leave, does the world see a difference? Or do they see someone just like them? Do you stand out as a Christian? Do you go against the flow? You know, do you go against that current? It's not easy. But do we do that? Now, what does sharing in the sufferings of the gospel mean? What does it mean, sharing the sufferings of the gospel? I mean, I see that as, if you live it, you're going to be persecuted. People around you who don't want to follow it, you're going to be a mirror to them. You're going to show them the flaws in their own life. And they're not going to like it. That's okay. If you don't know what you have that needs to be changed, you don't know what to change. You've got to know it. Now, as Paul continues, he talks about loyalty to the faith in verses 13 through 18. 
and we need, how we need to be loyal, a constant support to our faith. You know, if you hear something going on nearby that, you know, just is against our Lord or God, it's okay to speak up. In love, though. Always in love for that person. Now, the next key verse is in chapter 2, verses 3 and 4. You, therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. Now, as I'm reading this, And as Paul is reminding Timothy of this, it reminded me of that. The day we accept the Lord as our Lord and Savior, we have joined an army. We enlisted. We are soldiers for Christ. So why are we so afraid Surprised when we're attacked. Because the enemy is looking to put us away, to put us down. Because now we have become a threat to him. That's why it's so important for you to know his word. Again, we are in a spiritual battle. And while you are his, Satan, Satan will not bother you. Why would he mess with you if he's already got you? Why would he want to stir the pot? He's going to give you more of what your your flesh desires. But as soon as you become saved, now you've become a threat. He's not going to like it. Now, remember one important fact. We are on the wedding side. Something he reminded me of, too. You know, Satan may win some battles, but God is going to win the war. But now Satan just wants to take as many as he can with him. And we as Christians should be trying as much as possible to bring them to him. Now the next key verse in 2 Timothy chapter 3 is verses 1 through 5. But know this, that in the last days perilous times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves, Lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal despisers of good, 
traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of good, having a form of godliness but denying its power. And from such people, turn away. Now, let me ask you, you think it's going on today? Every one of these I see in this world. Mocking God. You know, I did it. Self-gratification. It's all about me, myself, and I. The trinity of stupidity. It's all about ourselves. Now the next key verse is 2 Timothy Chapter 3, verse 12. Yes, all who desire to love godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. And yet again, Paul reminds Timothy of this. Now let me ask you, Why do you think this seems to come up over and over and over again in Scripture? That we're going to suffer. We're going to receive persecution. Jesus himself warns warns us that if we decide to follow him, we are going to suffer. But then what does he remind us of? That we're not storing down here. We're storing up treasures in heaven. It's not about down here. It's not about this side of eternity. It's about what is awaiting us. Another reason is because when it happens to us, we have this reaction. We're surprised. I don't know why. Why are we surprised when we're persecuted? I don't, I don't get that. Like, we're, we're soldiers. We decide to follow Christ. We're going against those who don't want it. And yet we're surprised when we're persecuted. Now, I'm a computer guy. That logic doesn't make sense to me. It's not logical. Now, Paul continues in this chapter warning Timothy that evil men and imposters will grow worse and worse. Think that's happening now? It's getting so bad out there in the way of just twisting the littlest thing in Scripture. And if you don't know your word, you're going to get fooled. It'll start straying you away. You'll start wondering. You'll start doubting. Just a little at a time. And then he also speaks about how to protect ourselves from these people. How? To know your holy scriptures. Again, that's what he says. Protect yourself from these people by knowing the scripture. Now, what's the result of that? What's the result of 
Well, one big result of knowing your scripture. Wisdom. We become wiser. So when somebody tries to pass on our counterfeit, we know the difference. If we have something we need to do in the world, or within the world, we don't get mixed up in it. We're influencing, not being influenced. Now, what do you think would happen to our troops if they weren't prepared for battle? If they, before they went to war, what do you think would happen to them? Or strengthening themselves. It's rebuilding. It's preparing for that battle. For the police officers, like Pastor Joe knows, you've got to practice over and over and over and over everything, your tactics, your skills. You need to know it instantly when you need him. If you don't, it could mean life or death for yourself or those around you. The same goes for the firemen. They practice. They train over and over and over again to become the best they can be so they're ready when they're needed to be uh, used for a fire or a tragedy. They all need to practice skills and techniques over and over. You know, we have all these warnings in Scripture. We have all these warnings. For instance, Ephesians 6.12. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness, in the heavenly places. Ephesians 6, verses uh, 10 and 11, says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. But on the whole, uh, put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. And then 1 Peter 5, verses 8 and 9. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him, steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. Yet, Even with all these warnings, we think going to church once in a while is enough. What if you had to go to surgery and that surgeon thought, you know, he only needs to go to one class? Didn't practice. Came in with a sewing machine. Kind of scared me. You know, I mean... 
Do you think that Satan doesn't know Scripture? He knows Scripture. He knows God. He knows Jesus. He just doesn't accept him. He knows him better than we do. And he's going to do whatever it takes to bring us down. Doesn't he know your weaknesses? Satan knows your weaknesses. It's one of the strategies in in military, in any kind of battling with enemies, is to know their weaknesses. If you know their weaknesses, you know where to hit them hard. And that's what Satan's going to do. He's going to hit you hard where you're weak. So you need to spiritually strengthen yourself. Then in chapter 4, Paul tells Timothy to preach the word. But now, not all are called to preach. But, we are all called. You know, not everyone's called to be up here. Not everybody's called to do worship. Not, but you're all called to do something. My question to you is, are you doing it? Are you doing what God called you to do? Whatever that may be. Are you praying for God to show you what that is? And are you being obedient to Him? Because you're not only missing out on those blessings, those you will bless are missing out. Now, Paul was one who learned those hard lessons. What is it going to take to wake you up in some areas in your walk with the Lord? Those times that you need to grow more, that you need to share more, that you need to live your faith more. What is it going to take? Another, another, another tragedy? You know, tragedy? before you do something? Unfortunately, many times, that's what it takes. Paul also knew following Christ came at a price. Know that. Know that when you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, it came at a price. But Jesus paid it in full. Now all he asks of us is to follow and serve. He's not asking us to go on a cross. He's just asking us to serve him. To be a light. But Paul also knew the rewards far outweighed any of this world. No, no matter what you go through here in this world, no matter what you 
endure in this world, on this side of eternity, that their rewards in heaven are far outweigh any of it. As many of you know, life goes by very quickly here. And it continually does not stop. You know, many people prepare for going on vacations and prepare for school and college and work. They forget to prepare for eternity. You know, are we ready if Jesus comes back? Or for that day we breathe our last breath? Will we be satisfied with the life we lived here for Christ? Or will we have regret? You know, Paul knew he was in a spiritual battle and one he had to be prepared for. So again, I ask you, are you preparing? Are you prepared for the battle now? Are you preparing each and every day as soon as you walk out the door of your house? Battles can happen right in your own home. Satan will use whatever he can to bring you down. It could be your own family members. One of the last things Paul says to Timothy in chapter 4 is preach the word. He's encouraging Timothy to preach the word. Now for us, not all of us are called to be preachers, but we can tell somebody the gospel. You don't have to be a preacher. You just got to share. And it doesn't take a whole lot. And are we to do what we are called to do? Are we doing it? And lastly, don't ever, ever be ashamed of your faith. Shame on us when we are, if we are. Don't ever be ashamed of your faith. Remind yourself of what Jesus went through for each and every one of us. Picture him on that cross, bleeding to death, taking his last breath for us. And the least that we can do is live the Christ-likeness of a life here the best we can while we're here. We're not going to be perfect, but at least run that race. Again, live as God calls you to live. If we do that, and we're on our last breath. We're not going to have those regrets. Let's pray. You've been listening to To Every Generation from Calvary Chapel Crossfield. We're located at 15 Half Acre Road in Jamesburg, New Jersey. We meet for Bible study Wednesdays at 7.30 p.m. and Sunday service begins at 10.30 a.m. On Sundays, we have children's church for all ages in addition to infant and nursery care. You can find out more about the ministry here at Calvary Chapel Crossfields by going to cccrossfields.org. 
Thanks for listening, and may God bless you.